0: Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. Our guest today has a little different twist on what he does in business and more specifically what he does with the income he's generating from business. I want to welcome Rennie Gabriel to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Michelle. It's my pleasure.
0: So you have a fascinating little bio here. You (laughs) went from broke at age 50 to multi-millionaire after that Despite failing high school math, which I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to, and now you're in a place where you actually donate 100% of the profits from your business, from your online programs, from your coaching, to a charity called Shelter to Soldier. And yes. I would love to hear a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but first, you've got an award-winning book. It's been translated into, what was it, eight languages? Yes, so, I think congratulations. so. Congratulations. Right. Thank you. Yeah, it's called Wealth on Any Income. So tell me a little bit about what you do exactly. What does Wealth on Any Income mean?
1: Well, here's why it's titled Wealth on Any Income. Uh, When I was starting all over from scratch after being broke, uh, I was only making about $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And I did what, you know, people have been told to do for 5,000 years, and that's set aside 10% of their income for the future. So I'm mm-hmm. setting aside $500 a month, and after a few years, I accumulated $18,000, mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to invest with a couple of other people in a, in a triplex in the Los Angeles area, and that's what I did. Uh, in about six years, we sold it. My $18,000 turned out to be $130,000 of the total profit. Nice. And along the way, I borrowed more money to make down payments in more apartment buildings with the two people I was working with. And one of the things I say all the time is wealth is a team sport, not a solo sport. Uh, I didn't do this by myself. I mean, one person found the properties. I managed them. Mm -hmm. Another person came up with, you know, some of the money we needed besides what, you know, I contributed. But the point is... um, Within about eight years, I'd hit a multi-million dollar net worth, and wow. it's it's continued to grow since then. We're my wife and I are now in the top one percent of Americans based on net worth.
0: And to go from broke at fifty to Flat where you are now—that's amazing.
1: Thank so, you. Yeah. I was determined.
0: <laughs> I guess so. You know, I know one thing that you talk about uh, on your website in your book are some of the ways that. We're programmed to kind of think the wrong way about money, and it keeps us poor. So for people listening who are thinking, okay, wow, you must have made some mindset shifts and changes to be able to take yourself from broke to where you're at, what are two or three of those things that people can start thinking a little bit differently about wealth?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's easy. And first I realized I didn't answer your question about why is it wealth on any income? Because I created millions of dollars from $500 a month. Wow, That's why I say it's wealth on any income.
0: Gotcha. And
1: some of the attitudes uh, that wealthy people adopted that I figured I needed to adopt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, first one is to look at the big picture before the details. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say... Um, someone's thinking about buying a house or any investment and they start to uh, study the details like if it's a house maybe they uh, take a look at it and the the carpet is frayed or worn and the faucet's dripping and Mm -hmm. the paint is peeling and the roof tiles are peeling you know and it just it looks a mess right those are the details okay the big picture is if is if it is in a good neighborhood and it is priced well Mm mm-hmm That's the big picture. The details can be solved. And so that's exactly what we did. We bought buildings that had deferred maintenance, that were mismanaged, and that's where we made a lot of money.
0: That is, you're right, a different way of looking at things uh, to, to stay focused on that big picture versus the little details that do tend to grab our attention, and sometimes we focus on those Instead of what the potential is.
1: Yeah. And one of the hardest for me was to change the way I responded to information I was already familiar with. When wealthy people hear something they're familiar with, they don't make statements like, I've heard that, or I know that, or I've done that, or what Those are statements. When wealthy people hear familiar information, what they do instead is ask questions like, how does that impact me? Or where can I apply that? Or who can support me in making the changes I need? Or when will I begin doing something different? Uh, they don't ask a why question. I mean, that's just an endless loop that goes nowhere. But the point is, they ask questions, and those answers move them forward. But when you make statements, it just ends it right there. Like, I've heard that before. Well, that's not going to support any transformation.
0: I- that is a really important perspective shift to make because it's easy to dismiss something you think you've heard before and not realize the potential in it to look at it a different way, to apply more your relationship when I look When am I going to do this? Exactly. That's a great question. Yeah. So what do you find are the, the most common things that especially entrepreneurs tend to do wrong when it comes to their money mindset. I know one of your things is how to spend your way to wealth and abundance. Is that something you see people are challenged with? They don't want to spend money. They, they don't look at that piece of it the right way. Or what are the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs make?
1: Yeah. When it comes to my talking about spending money to create wealth, it's aligning your financial goals mm-hmm. with how you're spending your money. Gotcha. And a lot of people talk about where they want to arrive, but they don't spend money in alignment with producing that result. That's number one. Number two, people don't measure the level of pleasure they're getting based on where they're spending their money. And and I I just saw you tilt your head. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. What's that about? So here, here's what I'm getting at. Um, I could probably... Uh, save more money by going to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and buying the kinds of healthy food that I am eating and preparing them at home. Bottom line is after my, I was a single parent for many years and when I was done cooking for my kids, I was done cooking. And so I don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to buy food. I don't want to make food. Mm -hmm. And not only that, when my wife and I are here together, Sometimes the food isn't even ready till nine o'clock because she's busy because I'm busy. And then it goes on the table and then we find out, oh, I forgot the napkins. Oh, I forgot the salt. Oh, I want more to do. And we're hopping up and down. We're not even sitting down and enjoying the meal together. So what I do is I spend money in alignment that creates a closer relationship with my wife, which means if she wants to know what's for dinner, I say reservations, (laughs) you know that
0: is that's a great way to look at it
1: yeah when we go to a restaurant we sit down we're served we get whatever we want and whatever isn't already on the table the Mm -hmm. server brings it to us and the busboy cleans the table and we get more iced tea whatever it is but we sit there and we talk and we connect and that's more important than the few dollars i would save if we bought stuff at the grocery store and tried to cook it and we're not even connecting
0: Yeah, that that is a really interesting point because so many times we think just because we can do something ourselves, we should. And that is not true, not only in business tasks, just because I could do certain things doesn't mean I should be. (laughs) And sometimes it makes more sense to invest to have somebody else handle it for you because you're right, it is both more pleasurable and you're able to be more productive in the other things that you're getting done.
1: Exactly. One of the things you brought up is just so important. As an example, I could write checks and pay our bills. Mm -hmm. But then again, when I'm working with people at $400 an hour, I'm not going to pay anyone $400 an hour to write checks for me. The person who takes care of my bills is being paid $35 an hour. Why would I spend an hour of my time doing something not only that's completely cost inefficient, but I hate it? Very
0: good point. Those things that frustrate you and put you in a bad mood definitely don't make sense when it costs you more than you could make with that same hour in your business. Exactly. So what was the most interesting lesson you learned Going through that journey the last you know decade or so for you, what well, what was the what was the most interesting piece of it?
1: It was probably the self-confidence that I could go broke and recover. Mm. And that was one of the biggest fears I had in my life. If I lost money, I wouldn't have the skill set to recoup it. And that was a complete lie. And I found out it wasn't true because of what I ended up producing, yeah, so you know it was i was I'm very thankful that I went broke and lost it all.
0: I can imagine that had to give you a completely different outlook on risk on how far things can go and still turn around.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, a lot of people say you know at age fifty it's all over for them, but that's when I was starting and I, you know, I just, <laughs> I looked at it from the standpoint of, hmm, I'm 50. I don't have a lot of time. I'm going to have to take some risks, which is what I did. There were calculated risks, and they paid off big time.
0: Yeah, clearly, smart risks uh, and, and a smart path after you decided to take the risk. Uh, you know, it is, it is something that for some of us, if you've been in that situation, you know what you can survive. It makes it a lot easier to say, this is worth the risk.
1: Yeah, I I can get by on I mean, at one point in time, I mean, this wasn't the first time I went broke. It was more like the third time. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But I remember one of them, it was so bad, I was going around collecting soda pop bottles and cans to get the, the refund money so I could buy groceries for my family. Wow. I mean, so I really know what it's like to have no money and and to struggle and and to look at the situation now. I mean, literally today, I deposited forty four thousand dollars into my checking account, um, and it, it's sort of like, oh, you know, I think I'll give my wife twenty five thousand.
0: That is a big difference from collecting cans for the deposit.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So if we've got people listening who are thinking, well, maybe it's not quite as bad as collecting cans for a deposit, but they're definitely not at the deposit of forty-four k into their account today, what are maybe one or two action steps that you would suggest they take to start to move the right direction or move a little quicker in the right direction?
1: Um, (laughs) One of them is a little bit self-serving, and that is my book, Wealth on Any Income, because the first third of it is all about the attitudes and emotions and the things mm-hmm. that block us from accomplishing what we want, and it, and I use an analogy, and I mean Michelle, you might know this. Um, is there someone that you know that is obese? Okay. Um, okay. So now, what would you say are the two things that most people who want to use, lose weight? I, by the way, I just got Invisaligner, so it's like I've got a lift. In my life now. <laughs> For the next year, I think I'm going to have a lift.
0: It's, it's an adjustment. I've had those. Oh. <laughs> they work great, but it's an yeah. adjustment.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the teeth are definitely moving. Anyway, what would be the two things, besides having Invisaligners, <laughs> uh, that someone would do to, to lose weight? What are two things?
0: Well, eat less and exercise more.
1: Well, not too complicated, Right. Right. Now, do you think there's an obese person that doesn't have that? And the key word here is knowledge.
0: No, I think we all know those are the two basic things to do.
1: Exactly. And the knowledge of knowing that is irrelevant. It's like the booby prize. Because the reality is there's emotional stuff that's in the way of taking the action to produce that result. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the first third of my book is about the emotional stuff because if that's not dealt with first i could give the greatest tips and techniques in the world and it's a waste of breath Uh, so uh that would be the first step and it's it's to deal with the emotional stuff that's in the way of accomplishing the goals and that's what wealthy people do they they look at their 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 values you know who are they as human beings what is most important to them on a value scale as opposed to their thoughts or their feelings Because feelings come up, and that could stop the actions that people want to take. But if they're connected to their values, Mm. then they can overcome the feelings that are blocking them.
0: That is a fantastic uh, thought to keep in mind. I hope everybody listening and watching, write that down. Remember that, because that makes a huge difference in how things go when you can separate the temporary feeling or emotion from what the big vision, goal, values are.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I remember uh, deciding I wanted to lose some weight, and I would go jogging in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I set my alarm clock for five, and I You know, the right time of year at five o'clock—it's cold and dark.
0: Yeah, yeah. Depending on where you live, that's not a happy time to get out of bed.
1: No, especially and- outside. Yeah, and if you're not used to it, it's sort of like, you know what, i I hit the snooze button. I'm just, the feelings come up. It's right. cold, it's dark, I don't want to do that. Okay, that right. doesn't work. And getting back to wealth as a team sport, mm-hmm. what I did is I went to a neighbor that I know goes jogging, and I said, Ron, can I go jogging with you? He said, sure. Mm-hmm. Meet me tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, we'll go together. Well, Smart. one of my values is integrity. I said to Ron, okay, I'll see you tomorrow morning. I didn't have to say, okay, I promise I will see you tomorrow morning because I will honor my word. No, I did. I just said, you gave your word. I gave my word. You know, I said, I'll see you tomorrow morning. So when the alarm clock went off the next morning, I still didn't feel like it, but I had to get up because I gave someone my word I was going to be there. Yeah. And that's how I got jogging. And the funny part is, you know, it's, it's like saving money, losing weight, exercising. You don't, I've run marathons. I did not start at 26 miles. <laughs> start with something a little smaller? Yeah, like two blocks. <laughs> gotcha. got to work your way up. <laughs> exactly. And that's it. I mean, when I started setting aside some money, I started with one or 2%.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It went to 10%, 5%, 10%, 26%. Oh, gotcha. You know? The point is getting started.
0: That's a great place to start with those two tips of getting started. Do it with some accountability. And yeah. definitely the mindset part is huge. You know, I know you, you, you said it's kind of self-serving, but it's really not because for those who are not raised with the mindsets wealthy people have, who were raised with different stories around money, if we don't deal with those, we don't get past them. And the best way I've found to deal with anything, whether it's mindset around money or whether it's around your value or business or marathons, is find somebody who's done what you want to do and learn from them. I mean, that, that really exactly. is the fastest way to succeed. So I want to make sure everybody listening, uh, the URL to go to to get that book is WealthOnAnyIncome.com. WealthOnAnyIncome.com.
1: And if they don't want to buy the book, they can get a free summary of the book at the same website.
0: That is a great place to start. I suspect they're going to be interested in the full copy of the book. Uh, with the story you've got clearly, you figured out a few of those pieces along the way that I think would be extremely valuable yeah. for people looking to really start that transforma- transformation for themselves.
1: And I, I don't remember if this was before... We started the recording or not, but 100% of the profits – oh, you mentioned it when you introduced me. 100% of the profits are donated to the charity Shelter to Soldier.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the charity for a minute because that was one of the things that really got my attention was – it's not often you run into somebody who their entire business model is let's donate profits to a charity uh, and everything that you get from this book, from your online programs, actually goes to Shelter to Soldier. So tell yeah. us a little bit about what that is.
1: Okay. Um, I, I, I I practiced enough that hopefully I don't break down when I talk about it. Um, the Organizations, Our veterans are coming back, allowing us to do what we do here, and are committing suicide at the rate of almost one an hour. Um, And dogs, which serve a purpose in life for human beings, are euthanized by the thousands. Mm -hmm. What Shelter to Soldier does is take dogs from high-kill Environments and train them as service animals for soldiers who've come back with post-traumatic stress wow. di- disorder or traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. And as far as I've been able to discover, not one veteran service member returning soldier who's received their service dog has committed suicide. Wow. This program <laughs> saves two lives at a time. Um, instead of dogs being euthanized or soldiers committing suicide, Mm -hmm. they both flourish and um, people who were not otherwise able to function become productive members of society and haven't killed themselves so I I just um, am very honored and proud and blessed to be able to donate 100% of the profits from the work I do to this charity and um, I Try not to choke up. And sometimes I'm better at it and other times I'm not.
0: Totally understand. I'm sorry. No, no no, apology needed. That is an amazing mission for a charity to step into somewhere that, you know, you're right, that's two lives being saved. There's, now I'm going to end up choking up. You know, there's so many people who have given so much for this country and for them to come back and not have the support they need to realize how much we appreciate and value them. Um, I'm thankful charities like this are out there doing something about it. Yes. um, Because it does need more attention. People need to realize soldiers need our support when they come back. Yes. This is a beautiful way to be able to support them. So I appreciate what you're doing with your business, that you're both donating to this charity and getting the word out to let people know that there are groups like this out there who are working to support our troops when they come back they've given so much to us we need to be there to support them in return yeah,
1: yeah so. exactly and uh so it's just i've always given to both of those causes and this one charity does both people can go to uh, shelter to and see the work that they do and you know the the miracles that they perform. I just, you know, recommend having Kleenex if you have a soft heart.
0: That's a good tip. So get your Kleenex, get your copy of Wealth on Any Income and know that the profits from that book are going directly to Shelter to Soldier. You can find out more about them at shelter2soldier.org. I'll put a link below the video or by the audio, wherever you're listening to or watching this. Uh, you can check out Rennie's book. Get your copy of that because beyond just the donation that goes to this charity, when you get yourself in a place where you can do more than just survive, where your business is bringing in an income that does more than just support you and your family, then you can do what Rennie's done and move into that space where you have enough that you can give back to the things and the causes that matter to you,
1: and, which and I know
0: that, is huge.
1: And that, that's one of my objectives.
0: that, And that goes back to what we started with, which is when you look at how you're bringing in income and spending it, put it in alignment with how you want to feel and what your goals in life are.
1: Thank you, Michelle.
0: So thank you so much for joining me today to share some of the lessons you've learned in that amazing journey and some of the things that matter most to you. I know it's going to be an inspiration to people that are watching and listening to see the potential of what's possible to create when you do have that vision for what you want to do in life.
1: Great. Thank you, Michelle. It's such a pleasure to be on the show and and to meet you and finally connect.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, again, go to WealthOnAnyIncome.com, get your copy of the book, and go to to ShelterToSoldier.org to find out more about the amazing work that that charity is doing. Thank you for tuning in today. Like, rate, review, subscribe, and come back for the next episode. I'll see you there.